You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our Revival Recap for this week. We're speaking about highlights from our Saturday night meeting. I'm Clint Davis. I'm here with our senior leader, Renee Evans. Hey, Renee. Hey. Oh, here we are again. <laughs> the Australian and the South African in Texas. We're dance around a little topic today. <laughs> I love it. So good. So let's jump straight in. Saturday. How was Saturday night for you? What are some of the things you saw happen at church with us as a community, all that stuff? Yeah. What do you got to share? I thought Saturday was really fun. Uh, we kind of started the night, Joaquin and I, with our elements class, which is always good, getting to meet some uh, new people and seeing some familiar faces, um, getting to kind of preach about our core values. So it was off to a good start with that. And um, I mean, worship was incredible. I kind of feel like since our first year anniversary, we've just been going to different levels in worship. Oh, which you're has right. Been that really is a marker. Fun. It does feel like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I, I really feel like it did. Like even that weekend, like I was like, whoa, like this is explosive. Like it feels very like dynamic and um, yeah, it just feels like everyone is like really stepping in. Not just like the worship team has stepped into something new, but actually everyone who is worshiping has stepped into something new. Like, I don't know what it is, but it feels good in there. So it's yeah, that's always great. fun. I don't, I, didn't re- I didn't put that together, but you, you know, you've been saying for a long time, all the, all the leaders have been saying for a long time, it's not about the worship team, but we're all the worship team. Right. And that really is how it's, how it's feeling. Yeah. So let's just go after that more. Yeah. It just feels like people are kind of taking more ownership, you know, um, which is fun. I mean, when you've got other people engaging besides the worship team um, in worship, which, which, it's not like people weren't doing that, but like I said, I feel like it just went to a new level. Like we, it's almost like we all got a revelation that there's more available, you know? And so we're all kind of pressing in for that more and it just creates more hunger, more presence, um, gives God permission to do more things. So that's been really fun. Um, the last few weeks, just kind of noticing that shift and it's amazing. Yeah. And then we kind of went after some healing, um, at the very beginning of the message. I just, um, I briefly touched on it, but I had some uh, men in my family uh, pass away from cancer. I actually had three men in my f- immediate family pass away from cancer. And then a, a fourth, my uh, cousin passed away actually from the swine flu um, 10 years wow. ago now. And yeah. yeah, so, you know, I went through this really rough patch of men in my family kind of passing away. And um, so really pressing into God to see healings before I'd ever seen them or knew they were possible. And that one song that we played in worship was the song that um, really marked that season of my life of like believing for the more, but not having seen the more and kind of praying and contending for some of these men in my life. And um, so it was very actually emotional for me in that sense. But then we went after cancer um, and some other incurable diseases. And there was a young lady who stood in the place for a friend and texted her. And I got, um, I got some of the text messages and she was just saying that this lady had ovarian cancer um, and looked like she was five months, oh, sorry, nine months pregnant um, and kind of had to almost like prop herself up like she was a pregnant lady. Um, and then after prayer, her stomach and all of the swelling went down and she said, it looks like maybe she ate a little bit too much and is bloated, but like her stomach went from like a nine month pregnancy down to like wow. pretty so much this is a, a normal friend in the service yes. who texts a friend yes. who has this issue Yeah, and she texts back 
Yeah, was she it during was, the service or yeah, and she's like all caps on the text messages. Wow, you will not believe it. Like it's gone down. I can't believe this. And wow. so she's actually going in for an MRI this uh, coming week, I think it is. And so we're actually going to find out some more details on that. So I'll keep you posted on that testimony. But if y'all would be praying with me that they just can't find any more cancer, that would be awesome. So that's amazing. Yeah. If it can happen over a service, if it can happen over a text, it can happen over a revival recap. So if you have that issue now, <laughs> just yes. sit with God and ask him to, to heal that thing and then let us know because yeah, uh, that's, come on. that's how God works. So yep. Go on. Come on. Love that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So you preached a message. And any time you use this word, people will take a little shuffle in their seat. <laughs> Conviction-driven life. Yes. Why this message? What's the heart behind it? Why this one now? Um, I, I felt for a couple of reasons, uh, when Chris Vallotton was here a few weeks ago, he made a comment, um, in regards to, um, he said that a purpose driven life, like what Rick Warren was saying, his, one of his books was a follow up to the purpose driven life. And it was like, well, you gotta, you gotta realize what your calling is and what your passion is. And and once you figure that out, you can kind of live this purpose driven life. And, and I just, and I just kind of started mulling on that a little bit and I'm like, yeah, you know, but a lot of it has to do with us following our convictions and not just our emotions as well. And like, you know, I mean, it's kind of like even in entrepreneurism and some of the big names of major companies and corporations that you would interview. I mean, it's not necessarily there is an element of who you know, what you know and all of that. But there is a big element of you've just got to be you got to stand by a set of convictions and you've just got to be driven by those convictions to see success in your life. And um, and so then it just kind of started coming. The message just sort of started coming together. And this phrase or quote that I kept uh, rolling around in my head was that um, being driven by emotions and not by convictions is the root of consumer Christianity. And really like I have such a disdain for consumer Christianity. I mean, I, don't get me started. (laughs) I'm like, why? I don't know. I don't see the point. Um, if you just coming and and taking and never giving, I mean, that's just, that's not what Christianity is. And so, I just kind of love this all in Christianity, you know, whether that's giving your all in at a church, whether that's giving your all in at your workplace with your family, like whatever it is, you know, just not this taking mentality, but like when we're driven by our emotions, that's, that's kind of what puts us in that place. But if we have a a certain set of convictions that govern our life, that's really what's going to end us being able to, I think, look back on our life, having, lived a successful life. So Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Now, if you're listening to this recap and you're hearing a little bit of life going on in the background, that's what it is. It's life. <laughs> with Danny, Danny's out there. Who else is out there? Sherry, oh, Sherry's Sherry here as well. Danny yeah. yeah, they're so, speaking with our interns this morning in the office. So they're awesome. getting a bit rowdy. So, yeah, don't worry about Keep it. Keep it down, Danny. It's just life happening. No. <laughs> like, Danny. Yeah. So, um, super awesome. I love it. I don't think I've heard a sermon preached that has to do with emotions and convictions. Like those two parallels, that sentence that you said popped into your mind just blew me away, actually. Because when you speak about convictions, quite honestly, emotions is not the thing that comes up to me as a parallel. But yet, the way you put it, it's so true. Right. And particularly in our society, people seem to be so led 
by their emotions. Yeah. And even if they have had convictions before about following something, it's almost like they let their emotions rule them out of that space. Yeah. And then they go with whatever is popular. Well, and I think we're also dealing with we're swinging the pendulum. You know, I think that religion swung the pendulum so far to one side that says ignore your emotions. You're like, you know, burn yourself, run yourself into the ground for the ministry, disregard how you're feeling, push yourself to the limit you know, deny yourself, all of those kind of messages came out of religion. And so we've gotten so hurt by that, I think, as a generation that we've come all the way over to the other side that's like, well, no, if you just don't feel like doing something, just don't do it. Self-care, self-help, like make sure you're number one. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not really the gospel, you know? And so we kind of need to bring it back into the middle where it's like, yes, we do recognize that we have emotions and they're powerful and we should use them to our advantage, um, but they shouldn't rule our life, you know? And so Chris Valentin says that, you know, emotions make a powerful servant, but a terrible master. Yeah. But I think what we've done in kind of this generation is made our emotions our master, um, instead of our convictions. So that's, that's true. Yeah. I, I also particularly loved how you drew this parallel about non-negotiables, that there are non-negotiables, but there are personal convictions. They're not yeah. necessarily together, but the non-negotiables sort of, you can see the parallels of law and religion and personal convictions. You can see the parallel of relationship. Yes. I think yeah. it's amazing. I like how you just said it. <laughs> I should have asked you for notes. I was trying to say it the way you said it. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what we, we kind of get into trouble a little bit, you know, when we start judging other people because we're, we're judging them not upon non-negotiables, which we shouldn't be judging them period. Right. But I mean, as opposed to judging someone, a Christian's non-negotiable um, conviction as opposed to their personal conviction. And, and we put our personal convictions on Christianity as a whole and we don't realize we're actually just feeding into the machine of religion and we're not promoting relationship when we do that. So, yeah. yeah. Now, we did learn something new about you and I don't know how ah. you kept this so quiet. With just a month to go, you had a conviction to not watch TV for a year. Yeah. Which I almost fell off my chair when you said that because <laughs> who does that? Like, who does that? You know, if any of us hear that, we'd be like, no, that's the devil telling me to stop watching Netflix. <laughs> that's what I thought at the beginning too. <laughs> but I never, heard, I never knew you were doing that. So let's see, what are the major shows you've missed out on that we need to, to recap? I know. You know what you know? is really funny is... And I don't know, I was, I actually had some interns come into my office uh, just at the beginning of the week and they just were asking me about the experience and what, what I've learned over that year of kind of giving up TV. And I'm like, well, first, I don't really know if I've had a light bulb moment or this major encounter that's changed my view on anything, but I can just say the amount of joy I felt at obedience, being obedient has really changed me in the sense that like, oh, I know how much joy this brings me to be obedient to the voice of God. And so it, it propels me to be quicker to obey, you know? Um, and then also I think, I think the second thing is I used it as a little bit of an escape. I was mentioning just like, like, you know, I just, I get so tired and exhausted and my emotional capacity, my physical capacity at the end of the day is at zero. I've kind of which I used to love in the sense that it felt like I, I did, I had a good day because I gave 
what right. I could give. And for I sure. still, that is still a marker for me that I gave everything I could to my kids. I gave everything I could to the people that I'm leading. I gave everything I could to my husband, you know. And, and there's something joyous about that feeling is. that you've, you've used your day. Yeah. Where many people, the, the world wants us to be negative all the time. Like, oh, I'm so tired. Yeah. Oh, I'm so busy. But I want to be like, no, I'm so busy, but I'm enjoying and having fun. And yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. Like we've got to do this and that. Like I'm tired because I'm changing the world and that takes effort, <laughs> you yeah. know? And so, um, yeah, so I began to watch TV as a way to just shut my brain off, really, and to kind of just escape just because I had no capacity left. And so I would watch um, shows. I really like um, doctor shows. Oh, yeah. So, like, um, I don't know if anyone has seen The Good Doctor. I really love that show. Uh -huh. That was a great one. Yeah, but I like, love that too. I like kind of hospital dramas. Mm. I, like, um, I like crime crime shows uh -huh. a little bit you know well, you're australian so you some should of them scare yeah. me a little bit but i, I kind of like blue bloods and you know some of uh -huh. those um, crime shows and yeah but i never really for the last sort of maybe five six years i never like reality shows because i'm like oh i like that's just more drama i don't need more real life drama in my life i have right. enough of my right. own so i don't want to watch other people having drama you know <laughs> yeah. so like all of the Kardashians and Real Housewives and all that stuff. I'm like, no, I have no mm -hmm. interest. I, I just don't. I just didn't have an interest in it. I'm not saying it's wrong. And again, if people watch that, I don't care. Like that's their personal yeah, conviction, right? Sure. I just didn't want that level of drama in my life. But I will say now that I've given it up for a year, the first show that I want to watch now when I can watch TV again, uh -oh. and it's not like, um, <laughs> but it, they're reality shows and they're not, fantasy shows because I'm not trying to escape reality anymore but it's this um I don't know if you've heard of it it's this like lady who organizes people's houses oh my gosh do I've seen that, the Netflix sort of thing yeah I, she's an Asian lady right Marie Kondo Con or something yes. the, the Marie Method I have zero desire to watch that, Renee, but <laughs> I fully support your decisions. <laughs> well, maybe because I'm not watching TV, I've got a lot of time to organize my house. But um, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, I have a deep desire to know how to fold my T-shirts properly so I can create more cupboard space. You know, I don't know. And so now um, I'm kind of going. Maybe I'm just on the mail end where I'm like, even if you teach me, it's not going to happen properly. So whatever. I don't whatever, know if know. it would stick in my house either. Mm. I mean, but I don't know. So it's interesting because some of the shows that I want to watch aren't... Um, aren't the escape from reality anymore, but they're yeah. actually like, oh, how do I add to my reality, you know, to make me more efficient, to make my house more beautiful, right. to make, you know, like, right. so I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I'm just saying that a month out. I mean, give yeah, me a few, give me a few months and yeah. I might be straight back into my crime shows. <laughs> well, I tell you what, like it's, it's difficult to commit to following a conviction for a year, no matter what it is. It's, I mean, it's a long time. Right. It's a and daily decision, which I think right. has re been really good for me because it's not like, I'd like to say I got to this point three months in where I didn't even think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's actually like, no, every night that I go to bed, I'm like, well, I'm not watching TV. What should I do? So it's a constant reminder every day, which has been so good for me because it's, yeah. Well, you also made mention, and this is sort of a personal thing, but I want to take this opportunity to do this. But you made mention of times where you've committed to something on the weekend and then you just, you don't realize how busy your week's right. going to be, where your energy's going to go and things happen. But you do your absolute best to keep your yes, your yes. Yeah. 
On a personal note, I know that you did that with Rochelle's birthday, my wife, when you oh. came there. You <laughs> you came later and all that, but you still came, and then we hung out and stuff. And we knew, like, I know we're like, listen, don't come. If you've been busy, don't come. But I want to just brag on you that you're a woman of oh, your word. You came, and we had a good time. <laughs> we did. It we was had a so great much time. Fun. But still, we know on the back end, and we never told you this, but we know that that was so much effort and was so much appreciated that oh. you that you did that still. And I know that many of stories like that so I just oh, want to honor you in that well, space I love her so she's easy to commit to <laughs> oh, I do too so <laughs> um, okay so I want to ask this now here's this year of connect, um, conviction that you mm-hmm. commit to right this sounds like a big thing to a lot of people but you guys have had bigger convictions that you followed I mean you moved your whole life to Austin to plant this church right all right but if you look back on your life I mean, there were smaller convictions you had to learn to carry along the sure. way, right? You don't just jump in both feeling like, now I'm this person of conviction. Right. What's that journey like it's for you? It's such a journey. And, I mean, giving up TV for a year while it feels big is definitely not the biggest <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's that I've ever done in terms funny. of like, so you do these little ones that help you get to the big ones that help you get to the little ones again. And I just think it's such a journey, you know, that the Lord is taking us on. He's not going to call every single person to give up social media for a year, but he might. And that might be really big for you, but he also might call you to sell all of your belongings and go to the mission field. Or he might ask you, like, he might convict you to put your shopping trolley or your shopping cart away after you've used it. And that's actually a conviction that I've held since... um, since first year of school of ministry, Chris Vallotton made the statement once, if you can't if you can't impact the immediate environment around you and make it better, then you're never gonna change the world. Mm. And I always so his whole um he was like, you know, if you're in a bathroom and there's water on the counter, if you can't take a towel and wipe that down and make that place better than how you left it, don't expect that you're gonna be given the favor and the authority to change nations if you can't if you can't change the bathroom that yeah. you were in. And so I always like that really stuck with me. And so, you know, I have little convictions in my day-to-day life that are totally personal. And if you don't put your shopping trolley back, I do not care. But like, I am convicted that I should do that. So I do that. And so, you know, there are tiny little ones like that, that um, I think it's it's more about obedience. You know, we sang a song as well in worship, which I thought was perfect, but um, it's a Lindy Conant song when it says, simple obedience changes history. And that's what it is. I think it's just convictions is a series of obe- steps of obedience that the Lord is like, how, how, how much are you going to follow me? Like, how in are you? You know, are you going to give up TV for me for a year? But, you know, I would say that the biggest one that I ride on, like, the biggest, and it's it's more of a sacrifice, I think, than a conviction, but it's like the fact that I live away from my family, you know? I love the U.S. I do. I, I, feel, I feel a conviction that I am called to this nation um, without a shadow of doubt. Like I'll give my, I give my life to seeing the U.S. change, and I believe that it's an apostolic country that will change, therefore change other nations. But like if, if I just feel like I'm having an emotional day and I miss my mom or I miss my dad, like I'd probably have moved home like seven or eight times. You know what I mean? If my emotions were controlling me and not my convictions. Um, But I, you know, so that is like, that's the biggest is like, oh, I'm actually, if I was emotionally driven, I probably wouldn't be living in the U S I'd be living 
with my family and where it's comfortable for me. And I mean, it's comfortable for me here too, but, and my family is obviously here now, my immediate family, but Mm. you know, so I just, I just think it's, it's God's delight that we get to do that level of relationship with him. And I think it's like, we're asking things of him all the time. And if we just take count of our prayer life, I mean, let's be honest, 90% of our prayer life is us asking God to do something for us or for other people. And so then like, shouldn't that go two ways? Like when he's asking us to do something or asking us to stand by him and his word, like, should we not have that as, as we have this deep conviction that he's going to answer our prayer? Should we not answer the desires of his heart? You know, like it's, it's, it's all about this relationship and obedience. And I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I think giving something up or, being persecuted or being different from everyone else because God has asked you to be is the greatest gift that we can give him. Yeah, and it starts to come out of that relational space that I, I love. It's not a duty-driven space. It's no. a relational love right. relationship that's happening. But don't you love how the things that he calls you to carry conviction about actually become passions at some yes. point? Or you turn around and you realize, oh, he gave me this conviction about it, but it's actually keeping me safe. It's a healthy right. boundary. Things you didn't see, you know? Yeah, it's so true. You know, convictions aren't there just to make us different or just to, you know. Right. Like they're yeah. there because he they're for our, our best, you know. Like he, he puts convictions in place because he has our hearts and our destinies in mind. And he, I mean, every parent wants the best for their kids. And hey, I'm not going to like... I have a pretty strict rule in my house that you don't run out into the road. I mean, and my kids. And Joaquin just keeps breaking that I rule. I know. I'm like, seriously? Having to discipline him. <laughs> you know, I don't know what we're going to do with him. Just craziness. Oh, but it's not because I don't want them to have fun. It's because yeah. I don't want them to get run over. Like, you know, so right. I think if we view God as like, he's not a God who's trying to stop us from having fun. He's a God who's trying to give us his absolute best and... Um, yeah. And now you're starting to carry a new conviction. Let's touch on this real quick of actually becoming a U.S. citizen. Oh, yes. That one kind of came out of the blue, if I'm completely honest. And I will be like 100% honest. I may have had like a little bit of pride attached to that one. <laughs> uh, Aussie pride? Yes. Yeah, yeah I love fair my enough. country. I love my heritage. I love... Because you're not allowed to have dual citizenship, are you? Well, the more research that I'm doing... And actually, there was someone in the congregation who came up to me afterwards and said that they are an immigration... Um, like that's what they've done all their life is immigration for the government. And she's like, if you need any help... And I'm like... Yes, I need help. So um, so I'm starting to learn that um, I do have to take a pledge of allegiance to the United States, but um, they are okay if I hold two passports as long as I enter and exit the U.S. on my U.S. passport. Right. Anyway, there's just... Well, this is... The reason I bring that up is because conviction is often tied to that. We see this thing throughout the scriptures where God is calling people out of lands into other spaces. Right. Um, in a sense, you're giving up, giving up's a terrible way to put it, but you are in a way giving up your identity that you have developed yeah. for the identity he wants you to carry. Right. And it's no different being citizens of heaven and how we operate in this space. So true. Without the conviction, though, it's really hard to make that stick. Yes, it's I mean, so if you true. don't have a conviction for the states right. and where we're going to head in this country, it's going to yeah. be really hard for you to make that work. You know? Yeah, and it really came to a head when, um, you know, a lot of uh, – 
curriculum is starting to change around Austin, as as most people know. They're starting to put it, bring in a lot of the LGBT kind of teachings within the public school curriculum. And um, I just went to sign a petition to say that I don't agree with that and I'd like my voice to be heard. And yet I couldn't sign that petition unless I was a registered voter of the US and I was like, well, that's the one thing that I can't do. I can't vote. Likewise. You know? yep. Yeah. So if you're not a citizen of the US, you can do anything. You can buy a car, you can buy a house. You, you can, can pay your taxes. You, oh, you can definitely <laughs> pay your taxes and then yeah. some. Um, but you know, you pretty much could do everything an American can do if you're if you're a permanent resident, which is what I am, but you can't vote. Mm. And so I was all okay with that because to be completely honest, I don't understand the American government system. We have a parliament <laughs> system, so we have a monarchy. We're completely different in our right. in our rulership, and and it's confusing to be honest. And I didn't really, I just kept thinking, well, I can't vote anyway, so I'm not going to really engage in this in this kind of you know side of America. And then I was just sitting there, and I was reading, um, I was just reading my Bible that morning, and I felt like the Lord was like, if you if you want to change the country that you're called to and the, the world that your kids will grow up in, then you need to become a citizen. And I was like, at first I was like, dang it. I've wow. said for so long, I wouldn't do that. Cause I, cause of my pride for my country. Wow. And that's what it came down to. I think, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, it's right. just that thing of like, it's that identity. Like yeah. you're saying, I'm, I'm, I feel like in a way, and I know it's a piece of paper and I have friends who are from, Australia and New Zealand who have gotten their citizenship and it's not like their accent changes or their heritage changes. But for me, it just felt like a big deal. It just, I don't know why it felt like a big deal giving up my citizenship. And, but, but now I'm like, oh, and like you were saying, it's the same thing. If we're not willing to give up our identity as to become children of God and ambassadors for an unknown, like an unseen kingdom, we actually don't have the authority to change it. Right. So we don't have authority to change this world unless we become the citizen of the world that can change it. You right. Know? That's so good. So, well put. Yeah. Uh, so you speak about friends. Yeah, they don't have to have the same conviction that you have right. about the states. It's kind of some, something you mentioned in your sermon as well, and you, you mentioned it along the lines of denominations or that we have absolutes in the faith, right. but they're all also convictions that we carry differently sometimes. Sure. And our convictions don't have to be other people's convictions and theirs don't have to be ours. Yeah, uh, It is kind of personalized on some level. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you can pull most people from Bethel Austin together and you're going to find three to four different groups of people who believe different things about the end times or eschatology. You right. know, for instance, yeah. I mean, we have family who have a different view on eschatology than we do, who we're building a kingdom with, like building the kingdom of God with. and But that doesn't affect... It, it doesn't affect us. I mean, we we have differences on that, different beliefs. But at the end of the day, the core beliefs that we believe is that Jesus is the son of God. He is the one that we worship. He is the one that we, you know, want to see him get his full reward. And it's our job to bring heaven to earth. We're all on the same page with that. So there are some really major convictions of our faith that obviously um, – kind of you need to have if you call yourself a Christian. But there are some nuances to the faith where um, people believe different things. And, you know, you've got sensationists who don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And then you've got people like us who definitely believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And it doesn't make them any less Christian, yeah. you know. 
they still have a reverence for the Lord. They still believe that Jesus is the son of God, that, you know, the only way to God is through believing that Jesus is the son of God and through repentance. And so it's a bummer. Are they missing out on a ton because they don't believe God moves today? Yes. But are they going to heaven? Yes. Do they genuinely love the Lord? Yes. Do they have a heart to see souls one to the kingdom? Yes. Like, so... So like we just got to pick our battles, you know, and and I'm more concerned about fighting the enemy than fighting other Christians. Yeah, totally. I'm okay to disagree with some Christians as long as we have the core beliefs in place. Right, right. And if this gets a little, uh, you know, I I get the sense people in this conversation always sit in a space of, oh, well, throw my hands up in the air, whatever, just forget about it, not going to pursue anything. Well, you're not going to carry any convictions that way. And that's not going to give you much to stand on. The reality is that throwing your hands up in the air in difficult discussions between denominations or the, the sort of micro beliefs is not going to help you grow your faith. You need to be able to stand on something. So um, whatever your conviction is, whatever you discover that to be, stand on it and yes. go with it. Yeah. You know, and, and be that then, you know, but totally. carry that conviction. Yeah. I love what you, um, what you said, this statement. I'm going to throw two statements that you said, and I'll ask you about the second one. Um, you said we need to attach our courage to conviction. And the question is, do they stand up in a crowd? And you'd said this earlier in your sermon, you said, don't let your emotions dictate what you do. And I think this is major in our society right now. Tell me more about this separation of emotions and conviction and um, how we stand on each of those at this time. Well, I mean, marriage is a great example, right? If we, if we didn't carry the conviction of covenant and we didn't carry the conviction that divorce is not an option, then, I mean, most of us would not be married. Right. <laughs> Am I right? You yeah. know, if, we, if we're true. just based on emotions, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, I've had a disagreement and my emotions are like, get out of there, get, you know, and yeah. trying to dictate to me what to do, but they don't rule me. So therefore they don't have power over me. But, but I do recognize them and I've learned to figure out what they're trying to tell me and adjust so that I can, I can feel more like I'm thriving in every environment. And like, it's the same, um, I think across the board, but we just, if we don't have courage on our convictions, then our convictions will just sway depending on what the latest belief is. And you see these people, they sometimes hop from conference to conference and denomination to denomination. If they get hurt at one church and they go to another and they get hurt at another church and they go to another and they get hurt and they're putting it down to different things. But at the end of the day, the common denominator is them. And right. and you've got to just stand for the fact that, you know what, you're going to have differences with people. People are going to offend you, but you're going to choose to stand and you're going to choose to be courageous because relationships hurt. And like yeah. to think that churches are perfect or people within churches are perfect. I mean, it's just, it's just a yeah. lie, you know? And so I just, I don't know. I have this, Again, the word conviction keeps coming up, but I'm like, what are our convictions if we don't have courage on them? You know, and and I don't know, but in a day and age where it seems like everyone is just accepting of everything, it feels more imperative that we know what our convictions are and that we stand on them. I mean, at the end of the day, you are you are answering to one person. 
mm-hmm. to one person. It is not your family. And, and like, I hope that all of this comes out in love because sometimes I speak a little directly. But when I have conversations with people who are genuinely find themselves in hard situations of whether it's between their sexuality or whether it's like moral convictions, I mean, I have a lot of love and I have a lot of grace for people. But I mean, at the end of the day, we have to be courageous about our convictions. And like, I think I mentioned this as a illustration. I had a friend who had a, uh, a brother who was gay. And so her whole viewpoint and her whole convictions around homosexuality changed because she had an emotional connection to someone who was dealing with that lifestyle. And right. so yeah. I'm like, we, we just can't let our emotions, no matter how, yes, we let love rule us, but we let love for God rule us before love for man even right you know and right. and sometimes that looks like saying hard things and sometimes that looks like standing up when no one else wants to stand up and i mean it's the christian life was never promised to be easy it was promised to be full of joy and it was promised to be fulfilling but it was never promised to be easy and there are parts of our faith whether you like it or not that rub people the wrong way but if we have Christians who are just swayed by the latest agenda, I mean, are we really? Do we really have relationship with God? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not saying that people. No, I, no, bel- I get what you're saying. It's it's coming across perfectly well. It does tie back to this term of consumer Christianity, which is a major thing to hit because whether it's church hopping that you're talking about or not standing on your convictions um, or not knowing your convictions or not prioritizing your relationship with God before your relationship with mm-hmm. church right. as those separate institutes in a way right. because you are the church, but as an institute, mm-hmm. all of these things have to beg the question, are your personal convictions getting dictated to you by a system of consumerism or are they dictated to you by a relationship with the Father? Yeah. And so I think it's perfect what you say. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you are a leader. Totally. Period. Absolutely. I don't care if you're leaving, leading your two-year-old toddler and that's it, or if you're leading a small Bible study, or if you're leading your friends at work into a more righteous way of living. Like you are called to be a leader if you're a Christian. And you've got to lead your own and life. And you've got to lead out yeah. of conviction. That's I amazing. mean, you just got to. People will not follow you if you do not have convictions. If you're not led by convictions, then they're not going to be convicted to be led by you. Right. You spoke about emotional intelligence as well and that it's a big deal. It really <laughs> is a big deal. It not, really is. I mean, it's it's... It's so it's hard to even get into that discussion right now. Well, there now, was a study recently that was done and said that the most um, hundred successful people, not out of ninety percent of them, it wasn't their high. It wasn't because they had a high IQ that got them to their level of success. It's because they had a high EQ that got them there. Oh, really? That yeah. is interesting. So they're actually they're actually putting success more down to a higher level of emotional intelligence. Than intellectual intelligence. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, we could talk about this for hours. Um, let me ask you this. After the fact, after preaching this, yeah. were there things that were in your mind? I know that you've been teaching other courses and all that as well, that you thought, oh, I wish I, I, wish I had added that after the fact. I think I've, I just recently 
last night? No, the night before, taught a class on um, Amy Semple McPherson, um, who I love. She's one of my heroes of the faith. If you have not heard of her, I would highly encourage you to look her up, read her books, do whatever. She uh, she passed away in the 1940s, but um, she was the most well-known woman preacher um, mother of Pentecostalism that we, that there ever was. Um, so she was known by Hollywood. She was known by the media. She was the first ever woman, um, to preach on the radio. And she was the first ever woman to own her own radio station. Wow. Uh, and she was the first Christian to own a radio station wow. that was a Christian based radio station. That's yeah. Crazy. So she had, an, she had masses of influence. Um, she was very into drama and theatrical. Um, and so actually a lot of Hollywood producers would come to her shows. Well, we say, sh I say shows, but it's actually sermons. <laughs> right. It was her messages, but she put so much theater into it. Um, and drama and singing and all that kind of stuff into it that Hollywood would come to her because she was leading in that industry. And it was said that so several... Be, so yeah, it same. should. And yeah. they were saying several of that big Hollywood producers kept coming to her and asking her to be a Hollywood actress because she was drawing more crowds to church than Hollywood was drawing to movie theaters. And uh, she would go into nightclubs and she would preach the gospel. She said that she could out... They said that she could outdress Hollywood. Uh, which is a pretty huh. big claim, yeah. but um, she'd go into boxing matches and in the middle of the halftime show, she'd get in the ring and she'd preach the gospel. She had former cartel on her um, board at the church who had gotten saved and um, completely delivered in, in her meetings. Anyway, she was one of the most influential women in Christian history. And she, she affected Hollywood in a way that no other Christian has ever affected Hollywood. And she never once watered down her message of conviction and repentance. And I'm like, if you want to be relevant, we need to be true to God and he will give us favor. See, I think so much of us are trying to find, and me too. I mean, I fall into this trap too, right? Like we all do. We're trying to find relevance in mm -hmm. the culture in which we're in, yet we don't understand that if we find favor with God, he will give us favor with man that trumps any kind of relevance there is. So I've been doing a lot of research on her. I'm passionate about her life, yeah. obviously, yeah. but like, I think she just gives me more resolve to never water down my convictions and to know that I can have great impact when I don't have a watered down message. Yeah. And so it gives me... It instills courage in me, honestly, to keep going after hard topics and to keep sticking to what I believe is the truth. And, and if I want to have influence, then, then God will give me influence. And at the end of the day, that's not my job to take care of that. So I don't know. I, I studied that. Um, I've been studying it here for a while, but on Tuesday I was getting re-stirred about it. But I, I wouldn't change anything. I don't think that I said, but I definitely just have more result of a resolve of like, you know what? Actually, people who are really, really building the kingdom and having great impact, I'm a people of conviction. Yeah. So it would it would be my hope and my encouragement that this isn't a message of judgment, but it's actually an invitation. Like, let's figure out as a community, as individuals, what our convictions are, and let's stand by them and opposed to being fearful of being misunderstood or if we're doing it in love, then you can hold to your convictions and the Lord will give you influence. Yeah. So just as an encouragement, because I think sometimes we have to choose between solid convictions or impacting the world and we don't. 
Like we absolutely 100% do not. So. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Amen. <laughs> Does that, yeah, I know that's amazing. I mean, do you think do you think we we don't choose right sometimes because we feel like we're gonna um, have to stick out like a sore thumb on that, or do you think that it affects our comfort or 100%. We're just not aware? I would say I'd say ninety nine percent of the time yeah. those would be the case because we don't. I mean, it's it's not wired within us to want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like our number one wiring, like we want to belong. Yeah, we want to belong, right. and so we do everything we can to protect our sense of belonging. You know, and so whether that means watering our convictions down so that people will like us or people won't be offended by us or um, that kind of thing, you know, I, I think that that's kind of over time. It's, it's our fear of man that begins to water down our convictions. Oh, and true. Um, Jesus loved, if, if you don't believe that you can love and hold convictions, then, then I would encourage you again to study the life of Jesus because he was in and of himself love and he held very strong convictions and he did it in love but he had enemies. He had people who didn't agree with him. So if you think that love is agreeing with everyone and making everyone like you, then that's not, you're not modeling your life after the life of Jesus. And you, and there is, you can hold to your convictions and love well. I guess that's one of my biggest yeah. things I want to get across. It's not one or the other. It's not like you have to be this judgmental Christian in the corner. Like that is not what I'm saying, right. but you can be someone of strong convictions and you can be someone who loves people fiercely through those convictions. So it's amazing. Yeah. So good. Well, this is awesome. I love it. I think, I think we've uncovered a whole lot. TV, reality TV, <laughs> courage, convictions. It's all in yes. this, all in the mix of this. I love it so much. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. Don't you guys love Clint? I oh. mean, I feel like you're so gifted at doing this. You make us feel very comfortable oh, on the other side. You. Make us want to say things that probably shouldn't be projected <laughs> over the airways to thousands of people. But <laughs> Yeah, and something we, we don't tell people you. often, thank you, is that we don't edit these. You know, we don't, we don't cut no, things out. No, as you and may have realized together, from so our Joaquin and I yeah. last one. Yeah, Immaculate Conception. If you haven't I heard thought that he was going to cut. Go, yeah. Oh, I thought he was going to cut that out and he didn't. No, no. Well, thanks for joining us again for another Revival Recap. Remember that the purpose of this is that you'll grab little bits from this, put it with the sermon that was preached, grow, 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 and that it strengthens your faith with yourself and you find favor with God and man as you grow in your faith. So thanks for joining us for another one. Remember that you can get more out of our journey together at BethelATX.com or you can grab one of our Connect coaches on a Saturday meeting, shake them around a little bit. They'll point you in the right direction. You don't have to shake them. That's just fun and it's free. Uh, Till <laughs> next time. Cheap entertainment. <laughs> we'll see you then. Bye from me. Bye guys. Love you all. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.